Long before we figured out how to beam voices over invisible airwaves, God gave His spiritual soldiers a far better communication device than any modern warrior. It's called prayer, and it is the last piece of armament the Apostle Paul, as a spiritual general, talks about with his troops. Turn to Ephesians 6, 18-20, and let's join Dave Wurtson, our Truth Encounter study leader, and learn about our stealth weapon, prayer. We all know that the stealth bomber is a gigantic weapon that the United States has. If you're in the Air Force, the stealth bomber is one of your things that you're really proud as you can be about. But I want to talk to you about a different kind of stealth weapon, and I think I could picture it more. You've all seen, maybe in the movies, or maybe some of you have some members of your family that are actually in the special forces, and you've actually had them tell you about missions for real. But you've all seen these, like the Navy SEALs, for example, they get up thousands and thousands of feet up in the air, and they jump out of the airplane, and they've got their helmets on with the oxygen, and they float down, they got their parachute in their back, and they land in the ocean, and then they, they dive under the water, they get rid of their parachutes, and then they've got their tank on and they come up onto the shore and they come up out of the water and they've got their M16 already and, and they go in and can carry out these missions. How many of you have ever seen movies along those lines? Almost all of you have. You think of the parachute, you think of the, the helmet so they can jump out of super high altitudes, you think of the tank on their back, you think of all that kind of stuff, especially their M16 and their, and their big knives they're carrying. We think of all those equipments. And as we've been studying Paul in Ephesians 6, he's been speaking to us about an ancient warrior. And so we could think of it in terms of a modern warrior, and we think of all the equipment. Like the Apostle Paul talked to us about being belted with truth. He talked about the breastplate of righteousness. He talked about our feet had the right footwear on. It was, it was being ready to share the gospel of peace with people. He talked about the helmet of salvation so that your head is protected spiritually. And when Jesus came into your life, if you received him, you've got this helmet that will be never taken away. And then the last thing we talked about was the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And I challenge you to, to make a commitment to spend at least 10 minutes a day alone with God, opening up the word of God, whatever translation you can understand and beginning to read maybe even a book like James or something and I pray that some of you will will make that commitment and if you haven't done it yet I pray that the Holy Spirit will convict you about listening to that because that's the first part of communication if you were a Navy SEAL one of the things you have is you have an earpiece in fact I brought I don't have what the Navy SEALs have but I have what pilots use and it's our earphones. When you go flying, one of the things pilots expect you to have is one of these babies. You carry it in and you have your own thing and you plug it in the aircraft. One of the first things you do, and after you power up and make sure you're not going to blow the battery by turning on the electricity too soon, once you get things rolling, one of the first things you do is flip the switch and then you can talk to each other. And all of you know, you've all worn something like this, this is where you listen. And that's what you're doing right now. You're using your earpiece right now. If you are special forces there's not one of these great big things you don't want to be a navy seal with these big things on they just have a little tiny earpiece looks kind of like a hearing aid in their ear but their commander as they're moving into position as one of the guys is taking the point in, in a particular area of the building they're supposed to go to and another one is, is securing the back area where the where the people might be escaping their commander will be giving instructions to all the special forces personnel and they'll be giving this communication. And that's what God's word does to us. We want to be listening to God as we look at Ephesians 6. 
The other part, though, of that communication is not just the earpiece, not just being able to listen to your commander, but they also have a little microphone, and that's what a special forces guy has. And he can talk to his commanders. He can talk to all the other men and women that are with him on this special forces attack team. And that's this little microphone. You have it when you're flying as well. Turn your Bible to Ephesians chapter 6. And the Apostle Paul concludes his picture of this spiritual warrior. And if you've received Christ as your Savior, whether you know it or not, you are a spiritual warrior. And as Paul concludes this section, he, in verse uh, 18... He begins like this, and I'll pick it up with verse 17 so we'll get in the flow. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now look at the next verse. He closes the section with, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for all the saints. Now let's make it really personal. The Apostle Paul loves to move from here's a general command to pray for all the saints. And he says, okay, pray also for me. What should we pray about, Paul, for you? That whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Our subject today is going to be this communication piece. What do you have in your spiritual armament as you're involved in spiritual conflict? And I want every one of you to know, if you know Christ is your Savior, you might not know it or not, but you're in enemy territory. You are like God's special forces, and you might not think so, but the evil one's going to attack you. In fact, because we're just coming to the close of the book of Ephesians and we've learned all these incredible things about the fact that we're sealed by the Holy Spirit, that we used to be dead in our trespasses and sins, but now we've been made alive in Christ. We've learned this incredible truth that there's no longer Jews or Greeks. There's no longer all these different races. There's no longer male and female, but we've learned in Christ that we become part of a new kingdom people that we become part of what's called the bride of Christ and all the barriers are supposed to come down. Satan hates that, that we shouldn't be divided up in the older ones in our church and the younger ones in our church, that we've been all molded together into a new incredible family. That's the mystery that we've learned about in the book of Ephesians. The apostle Paul specifically said to a church in Ephesians that had Jews in it that were very hostile towards the Gentiles. The Jews had all these rules and regulations about what you could eat and and how you worshiped and everything. The Gentiles are pagans. They'll eat anything, and and they're really raw when it comes to morality. They're just beginning to learn, and, and these tremendous conflicts were very much a part of the first century church. The Apostle Paul declared that now the Holy Spirit has come into you, and you can demonstrate a new oneness. You can generate a new family. Some of you have just come to know Christ the last several weeks, and I want you to know that because you've come to know Christ, you need to be ready. You need to be ready to have the attack of the evil one. He hates what's happening. Realize you are in spiritual warfare. And the piece of equipment the Apostle Paul is telling you that's been put into your life is that you don't need one of these microphones. Anytime that the Spirit moves you to pray, you can begin to pray. Notice the Apostle Paul says right here in verse 18, and pray on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. He says, he uses three words. He says, I want you to pray. And he says, what, I, what do we want to pray? He says, I want you to pray and I want you to give requests. And he uses the first word there in Ephesians is a general word that is the most, it's just like the English word prayer. 
What he's saying is that we need to address God. You know what prayer is. Prayer is just talking with God. And then he says a very specific word, which means to give petition. In fact, there's a lot of urgency in it. It's giving specific requests. I want to free you up as we define what prayer is. Some of you might have been raised in backgrounds where prayers are all written out and only special leaders get to pray them. And some of you might not feel free, for example, just to talk to God. Because you think of God, you know, he's high and lifted up and he's the great one, he's the great creator, and that's all true. Think back over this week. Some of you haven't felt free to address your heavenly father. You haven't felt free to talk to him. And I want to talk to you based upon the book of Ephesians that if you've invited Jesus into your heart, if you have come to know that he died for you, if you've come to know that he rose again and you've invited him to come and live in your heart, then I want you to know that you've become his child. And what I want you to know what the Apostle Paul is saying here is that you can pray. And specifically, you can bring your specific request. The word that, that second word for request means all kinds of requests. When Mary and I were in New Jersey, my kids didn't even know where, they kind of knew where we were, but sometimes we're a little bit hard to keep track of because we were in North Carolina in the weekend and we flew up to Philadelphia and drove into New Jersey. And, you know, suddenly I'm eating Alaska King crab. We really suffered for Christ up in New Jersey. And uh, they had a special order. Thursday night, about 10.30, after I took my Nexium, we were eating Alaska King crab. We're talking with this couple that works with a colony. We're at a place where they have about 60 guys in an addictive recovery program, and the Spirit of God is powerfully working. We're all in message conversation. All of a sudden, my cell phone goes off. I get out of my, clock, my pocket, and I look at it. Josh. So I get out of the table, go into the next room, hit the button, and my son wants to shoot the bull with me. He wants to talk. In fact, he talked to me again yesterday. He was on a walk with Laura. And I, my phone rang again. I hit the button. And he said, well, Laura and I are walking around New Haven. And we just thought we'd check with you. I want you to know, Josh has absolutely no hesitation to talk to me. Ever. Janae doesn't either. My kids don't. Do your kids don't. How many of you ever received a call from your kids? You have the same right with your heavenly daddy. One of the things the Holy Spirit does is he pours his spirit into your heart and it causes you to say daddy. And some of you that are uptight about doing that, the Holy Spirit hasn't led you, and I'm, I'm not demeaning the grandeur of our heavenly father. And I'm not demeaning that he's king of kings and lord of lords. And I'm not demeaning that one day every knee will bow, but one of the incredible wonders of our New Testament faith is that those of us that used to be far away have now been brought near. And according to the book of Romans, the Holy Spirit is poured out in our heart and he causes us to say, Abba, Daddy, Father. And what that means is that the Lord gave you a spiritual cell phone as soon as you got saved. And you can hit the instant, instant number anytime you want to, and you can talk to your Heavenly Father. One of the first things the Apostle Paul is saying, that as a special forces person in the spiritual warfare, one of the most important things for you to know is that you have a microphone, and you can talk anytime you want to. And I want to encourage you to do that. When you're starting out, like just like a little kid that's starting out, the petitions to Daddy might be very, what you think is elementary. 
But I'd encourage you that your Heavenly Father loves no daddy when his two-year-old speak for the first time gets on him. You know, you haven't used complete sentences and it doesn't sound like the Encyclopedia Britannica. You just forget it. Man, a daddy gets excited the first time saying, Dada! All of you know what I'm talking about. Your response to your children is God's response to you. So I want to challenge you. As your pastor teacher, I want to challenge you this week. If you have gone through a week where you haven't addressed your heavenly daddy, this week start addressing him. And I want you to know that you can give all different kinds of requests. And so, for example, some of you kids are starting school and maybe some of you need to go to a new classroom or be with a bunch of new. Some, maybe we have some, some of you are new, brand new and you're going into a new job, whatever it might be, and you feel that thud in your heart. Man, I don't want to go to school tomorrow. Man, I'm, I don't want to start again. Man, I wish the summer wasn't over and you have that thud in your heart and it goes, oh, yuck. You can say, Heavenly Daddy, I don't have the, I don't have the spirit. I don't have the... I don't have the power. I don't feel like I want to do this. And I want you to help me. I want you to give me the strength. I want you to get me up on time. I want you to help me to go to that class. Help me to meet new kids. And the Lord will come into your life and he'll empower you. And that's why I can multiply that. Just think of the needs and petitions that you have. Anything at all that it is. Some of you have tremendous financial needs. And you don't know how you're going to make it through. You, you, you go to the mailbox and you get all those bills and it just doesn't add up. And some of you haven't been able to find jobs and stuff and you're just hit with this tremendous depression. How in the world are we ever going to get through? You got a microphone, instant communication, heavenly daddy, provide for my needs. Give me the strength, give me the courage to keep looking, to keep making contacts to keep networking with people. And I pray that you'll provide for our family. It's very important to, to join together in doing this. Even last night, one of the church family at a party we're at said to Mary, you know, we always seem to be 15% behind in our giving of the church. You know, what do we do about it? What do we need to come up with? Well, we need to come up with good planning. And you've, some of you have even gotten letters because we want to communicate with you. We don't want to communicate fear. But we're all in this together. There's no special elite group that can handle things. It's all of us together working as the body of Christ, trying to focus on what Jesus wants us to do. But one of the things Mary said to this individual is, you know what we need to do more than anything else? We need to pray. We need to really pray. Some of you that are real practical minded say, oh man, that's what works is always telling us. We need to get practical. We need to do some real things here. Brothers and sisters, we're trying to do an impossible thing in Midlothian. We're trying to cause dead people that are totally uninterested in Jesus for the most part that think this book is a bunch of fairy tales or they don't have time for it. They don't even think about the book. They're going to the movies. They're going out to the, to the mall over there in Arlington. They're having a good time. You know, they're living the American thing. They want to go to university. And then when they get out in their job, got a bunch of young married couples that are moving down here and they might want to put our kids in their daycare. And, but the last thing in the world they want to do is to really get close to Jesus. In fact, be one of these born-againers. Born again, it's like trying to be someone with leprosy. How are we going to conquer that? Prayer. And I want to burden every one of you. We need to start praying. Heavenly Daddy, 
We want you to break forth in our community. We want you to break forth in our school. We want you to break forth among children. We want you to break forth, Lord. We're living in a neighborhood where all these new young couples are moving in. And when I go back home from church and Sunday, a whole bunch of them are barbecuing. And, but it's obvious that they haven't gone anywhere to church in ages and ages. And how do I connect with them? Lord, give me relationships with them. Give me time with them. That's what Paul was motivating believers to do, to make all kinds of prayers and requests. I say, okay, Paul, tell me about when I should pray. Some may have had the idea, well, we need to pray Sunday morning. And we did. Some may have the idea, well, we need to have a special service when we pray. When we ask the question, when should we pray? Notice what the Apostle Paul says. Look what he says. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions. When is that? What are all occasions? Everybody know what all occasions are? So when someone says, let's pray, say, up, oh, not now. We don't need to pray right now. This isn't the occasion. Is that right? Now, on all occasions, this is one of the coolest things. It's the first thing about, you know, even when you're flying, there's a thing you do when you're flying, like when you're flying VFR, which is visual flight reference, you can call up the DFW controller and say, hey, you know, I'm taking off from Midway and I want to fly down to Waco. You say, I want to have flight following. And sometimes DFW will say, well, I'm sorry, I'm too busy. Can't do it. And so they don't listen to you. There's many times, it's kind of scary when you fly, you, you call into center and you don't get any response because your radio doesn't work right. Or the guy's too busy or the girl's too busy and you'll go through long periods. And in fact, if you really need something, it's really spooky because you'll go through, nobody talks to you and so you ain't call them again and, and sometimes they don't talk to you. But what Paul is telling you as a believer is that'll never happen to you in heavenly control. You'll never call up heavenly control and have them say, I'm just sorry, I'm just too busy. You know, Gabriel's off on another mission. I can't send him to help you. Don't worry. It's a bad deal. I want you to feel the church family. My prayer for this morning is that the Lord will move you to pray on all occasions. One of the things the Lord's helping me to do, earlier in my ministry, when someone came up to me, like, for example, just before I left the camp in Keswick, we were getting ready, we ate breakfast, and we were getting ready to go to the airport, and this lady came up to me, and she said, can I talk to you a minute? I really need to talk to you. I need to ask you something. So we went outside, and she said, you know, Dave, about nine years, of years ago, I was addicted to heroin, and I was totally enslaved by it. And the Lord, through, the, through Jesus and through the body of Christ and through, and through prayer, the Lord delivered me. But, but this week is the first time that my husband and I ever sat in a meeting where they talked about marriage and family. I gave this series on homebuilders.god in a shortened form to this family camp. But there's a unit there that's about 60 guys that are in an, an addiction recovery program. And some of the family members are there. And this girl was back to kind of be reaffirmed. And she said, my husband and I would have never come if we knew that you were teaching on marriage and family. Because to be honest with you, I'm from an abusive background. And I did a lot of things that I shouldn't have done. And I talked on, on Thursday night, my last section was from 1 Corinthians 6 on making love without shame. And so she told me she's sitting there just holding. She wants to get up and run out. You ever been in a meeting where you wanted to run out of the auditorium because it's tough what they're talking about? And she said to me that she said, you know, my husband's been a saint. He loves me. He's forgiven me. But I want you to pray that we won't just be existing as friends in a marriage. I want to have what Paul said we could have. Paul said, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother 
and cling to his wife and the husband and the wife shall become one flesh and reflection of the oneness that we have with Jesus. And she said, David, I don't want to just be my husband's friend anymore. I want to become a wife in every sense of the word and I want him to be my husband. I said, will you pray that that miracle take place, that the Lord can deliver me from a heroine, then he can help us to really become one and connect in our marriage and be companions and soulmates and to be able to make love without shame. Now, I used to do this. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll pray for that. How many of you have ever done that? Yeah, people do that. You know what I do now? Because of what I'm teaching this morning, it says pray on all occasions. So what I say is we're going to pray right now. I said, do you mind if I pray with you right now? She said, man, that would be awesome. And so we united together, and I talked to the Lord right then about her need. And, then I, then, and that, I've also found that that causes me to remember it. I write it down, and it causes me to remember that. Basil, he lives in New Jersey. He lives, he, he's an elder in a brethren church, and he's a teaching elder. And right now, this Sunday, he's teaching in the Queens, New York. And he shared with me about how discouraged he is and how he's struggling to get people to respond to him. And he was a big uh, executive in Exxon as an African-American and just you know, lived in 17 or 18 different countries. And, and now he's trying to connect with inner city queens. Uh, some of them you know, are from a, a, a Hispanic background and some of them are from an African-American background and sociological, from a sociological standpoint, he's on a different level with them. And, so, and he said, Dave, I'm struggling. And this has been an awesome week because I'm learning like, how to take God's word and connect it with people. And I've been taking notes and everything, but I really need you to pray that I'll be able to connect with my own people. And so I said, Beta, let's pray right now. And I put my hand on his shoulder and he put his hand on my shoulder and we hugged each other and we prayed. Brothers and sisters, I want that kind of thing to become a plague at church. I want it to be that wherever we go, that on all occasions, one of our first responses will be, you hear, you pray. And I've just been a whole week in a conference where the Christar that reaches out to Islamic people had all of their North American staff there. So Mary and I spent a whole week talking to missionaries that have actually lived in the, in the jaws of Islam. And they're struggling to reach Islamic people. And it seems so hopeless. And, and how in the world can we ever make it? And one of the things I want us to do is we have all these discussions, but we need to pray about that. We need to say, dear Lord Jesus, open the door. So when can you pray? You can pray on all of occasions. Next thing I want you to look at says, what, you know, whose control should we pray in? It says, under the control of the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Aren't you glad it didn't say pray in your spirit? How many of you have had times where your spirit didn't want to pray? Anybody ever had that? I'm just going to be honest with you. There are times when the last thing in the world I want to do is to pray. And so you're going to feel that way, okay? Anybody ever had it? I don't want to pray. What Paul is saying is when you came to know Jesus as your Savior, you don't have to rely upon your spirit. You don't have to rely upon the power that you have and the internal strength that you have. And some of you have been raised in situations where your leader told you, man, I just want to pray and I pray all day long and all that kind of stuff. And, and that's where you're at. In the word of God, you can be totally honest about your lack of spirit. So, for example, I often wake up. I've often told you, like, I woke up this morning. And I get a thud, you know, 5.15, my alarm gets off because I want to get up and make sure I pray through my message. And I had a meeting at 6.30 with the leadership, and, and a thud hits me. Oh, no, this is Sunday. i got to preach today. 
And I don't feel up to that. Anybody ever had that when you get ready to do something spiritual? We're in spiritual warfare, brothers and sisters. One of the ways that I know that the Lord's really going to use me is when I feel really, really cruddy. Now, you've all heard, you know the Lord's going to use you when you feel really peaceful. You know one thing that I've learned? I've learned that the Lord often uses me the most when I feel terrible and I don't have any peace at all. Now, I'm not talking about things that are wrong, but for example, like I went into a conference. I had to, I had to speak all last week. I had to start out in North Carolina and then speak at another place, and I was out of gas. I've been teaching you, and I've been praying with you, and I've been counseling you, and man, I, we fly to North Carolina, and I've got to teach four sessions on Isaiah. How does Wurtzen ever teach just one psalm? And I've got to speak, teach the whole book of Isaiah in four sessions. And boy, they got it, right? Man, I unloaded the whole thing and blew them. They're sitting there like deer caught in the headlights. And then I got to switch gears completely and speak about the family. I'm being honest with you. I don't have the spirit to do that. You say, well, Dave, you always seem, you're excited and everything. My dad was the one. My dad was really excited. My dad would preach and be all excited, then he'd fall asleep. Then he'd preach and get all excited, and he'd fall asleep. As a pastor teacher, I can't fall asleep all the time in relationships. And just travel from cities. I got to listen to you. And so my spirit runs out. So does yours, doesn't it? But you know, I got a new power that was given to me. It's called the Holy Spirit. And what it means to pray in the Spirit, it means sometimes you won't even know what to pray. And some of you have been gifted by the Spirit. But sometimes you don't know what to pray. The Holy Spirit prays for you. I want to bless you in that. You can relax and let the Holy Spirit, sometimes you don't know what to pray, and sometimes your brothers and sisters will join in. But one of the cool things about what Paul is teaching us is that we pray by the Holy Spirit's power, and we pray in his direction. In Romans chapter 8, it says, sometimes we don't know what we should pray for as we ought, but he prays for us in groanings that cannot be under. The incredible thing is, you think of Jesus interceding for you, but the Lord Jesus has taken all of our baby talk, and all of our prayers are baby talk. Even Kim Lewis's beautiful prayers are just baby talk, and the Holy Spirit translates that into heavenly kingdom language for his glory, and to accomplish the glory of what Ephesians is talking to us about. So we pray under the Spirit's power. What do we pray for? We pray for everything, and we pray for the saints. We pray for the saints. It says to pray in this book. Notice right here in Ephesians, it tells us, pray for all the saints. Keep, be alert. With this in mind, be alert, and always keep on praying for all the saints. The phrase here, it says that you need to stay awake. You really need to stay awake. It's hard. That's one of the struggles that you'll have in prayer. It's hard to stay awake. And so anybody ever fall asleep when you're praying? Paul knew you'd struggle to fall asleep. That's why he tells you to stay awake. And so we need to help each other. To, you know, we, need to, we need to try to find day, time in the day where we can have special alone time with God, with the Lord, where we can stay awake. We need to stay awake. And we also need to, this isn't just physical sleep, but it's spiritual alertness. And it kind of works like this. When you pray, you'll start to be awake spiritually and it will cause you to be alert to the dangers that you're facing spiritually, which will make you more awake and more alert in prayer. You'll pray more. It kind of works together. So the Apostle Paul also says that we don't just pray for ourselves, but we pray for all the saints. We pray for all the saints. And that's what I want you to get a hold of this morning. We're going to stop right here because our time is up. But we're going to go on. Next week, I want to talk to you about how Paul says to pray for himself. And we'll speak about the boldness that he wants us to have. 
But this is what I would like you to do. I want you to think back over the week as I close today. Have you really prayed? You know, have you talked to the Lord? What I'd really like to encourage you to do, it tells us like we've heard the passage. We can pray on all occasions. So anytime you want to pray, you can pray. You pray through the Holy Spirit's power. And who do we pray for? We pray for one another. Brothers and sisters, what do I want you to do? I'd like you to make a commitment this week as an individual and with my brothers and sisters in Christ, I'm going to pray. This is what my challenge to you is. The way you're going to get excited about prayer, I'll just close with this. Some of you say, I don't believe in prayer at all. I don't think God answers. I'm not even sure that God is there. Try it. Okay, even if you're an unbeliever, you say, Dave, where'd you get the theology for that? Cornelius didn't even know Jesus. He was just a God-fearer, but he was praying. He would go and meet with a bunch of Jewish God-fearers, and he prayed. So that's where he started out. He's just slowly on the way. He doesn't even know who the Messiah is yet. You know what God did? The Lord brought the apostle Peter, gave him, Cornelius saw a vision, Peter saw a vision, and the Lord brought Peter to Cornelius, and Cornelius, his whole household got saved. So my challenge to you this week is say, Dave, I don't believe what you said this week. I don't, think, I don't think the microphone works. If I took you flying, you could say, well, David, I don't believe the microphone will work. I'd say, okay, push the button. Say, DFW control. This is Satabri in November, 5-6, Charlie X-ray, whatever the numbers are. I need flight following. I need you to protect me. Try it. Say, Jesus... Heavenly Father, my Daddy, Holy Spirit, Triune God. This is Dave Wurtzen. I need you to flight following. I need life following this week. And everything that you face this week, in all occasions, you talk to the Lord. And then start noting that. What I want to encourage you to do, write it down, and then let's start talking together. Some of you will say, well, David, I don't think the Lord's coming through. He didn't hear me. So we're going to keep wrestling with that. And sometimes the Lord waits to answer an incredible illustration I had this week. The merchant ships that were sent the farthest away to get the biggest payload in the ancient world from the east. They had to wait a long time, but they're the ones that had the biggest return. And what a great image that was from, for Mary and I, some of the things that we pray about the longest, and it doesn't seem like God's listening, it's because the Lord is giving a payload. And one day the Lord promises that he's going to answer all of our prayers according to his riches and glory. So let's pray. Father, I want to ask you, Lord, that as a congregation, that we would not just theoretically hear Paul challenge us to be soldiers, but I pray, Lord, that we really will this week, recognizing that as we we leave this room, we are special forces spiritually that are going out in enemy territory. I pray, Lord, that every fear that we have, that we'll communicate with you about it every indecision, every question about which direction to go, every need in our family, every unbeliever that we'd like to reach, I just ask you, Lord, that you would use today's message. I just cast it now at your, into your hands and ask you to help it to generate a whole lot of prayer to you this coming week, filled with the Spirit on all occasions, all different kinds of requests. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.